Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Gravel Trap Podcast. I'm Josh Chambers. And I'm James Stanley. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a review of the Magnacore race from World Superbikes, a little bit of news, and then the predictions for the Aragon GP. Yeah, uh, a surprisingly uh, dry French World Superbike round at Magnacore this time, um, apart from a little bit of rain on the Saturday morning. Um, but a good weekend of racing overall. Very, very close racing. Yeah, very close racing, like you said. Lots of lots of excitement throughout the whole weekend. This, I think this season has certainly been maybe the best in a, a very long time, maybe even ever, of World Superbikes. I would say in a very long time, but I'm old enough to remember Bayliss, Colin Edwards, so I can't say of all time. <laughs> uh, some disappointment, however, on the Saturday, a crash uh, in, uh, I think it was free practice or uh, qualifying for the French rider, Luca Mahias, uh, who came off and was not allowed to race in race one on the Saturday. So disappointing at his home uh, round. However, he was allowed to race on the Saturday. Um, sorry, the Sunday, but we'll um, have a look at race one to start with, of course, uh, that he wasn't actually able to take part with. Um, Some battling right off the line in this one. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting lap one. Lots of manoeuvres happening. It was, like you said, very start to what was a great weekend. Yeah, that that first lap, Top Rat getting an absolutely brilliant launch off the line uh, on his Yamaha and going to battle with the two Kawasaki's that were up near the front, both Alex Lowe's and Jonathan Ray, and actually touching Alex Lowe's on lap one. Yeah, some was some tough moves because his move on Ray on lap four was quite a strong one as well. Yeah, exactly. He he definitely wanted uh, to get to the front. Um, One of the the championship uh, contenders, uh, one of the three that we regularly pick in these races, Scott Redding, not uh, having a good time at the start of this race. Uh, He qualified, I think it was eighth, wasn't it? Yeah. But by the end of lap one, he had been battling with Tom Sykes, running wide at the hairpin and was down in about 13th, I think. Yeah, he was. He really, really struggled in that first race. I think, I think like um JT said, put it maybe a bit down to the entire. The only time he's ever been here was a full wet weekend, and then basically having to relearn the circuit. Yeah, and a similar story uh, for Garrett Gerloff, who was down around the the, the same sort of places, eleventh, uh, sort of battling with a group that uh, Garrett Gerloff sort of been there a few times in that sort of group but uh, for Scott Redding to be down there in the the lower end of the top 10 very difficult for him like yeah, by lap 6 he was only 11th yeah very bad for his title chances as well yeah just um didn't seem to be able to get the Ducati to stop almost running wide at the hairpin almost every lap yeah yeah he was struggling so much down into the hairpin because and it's it's weird because like um Tosin said, you got a great brake marker there with the bridge, and the fact it was so continual is more like is there an issue with the bike? Because surely once you've done it once or twice, you bring your brake marker back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was very strange that it was almost every lap like he he really just couldn't get the bike stopped. Uh, and in an interview after the race, Scott actually said. Um, to the uh, the Eurosport team that 
it was not can I make a move? It's can I avoid hitting someone going into this corner? Yeah, which is which is <laughs> remarkable, really. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, it was very, very strange. Obviously, not helped by qualifying starting down in eighth, and um, as you say, perhaps um, not having the experience in the the uh, uh, the dry there at Manicor. No, because it is quite a tight and technical track at times. Yeah, yeah, a couple of sort of hairpin bends, um, some good overtaking spots, and of course the chicanes. Uh, we saw some. Uh, great battling through there towards the end of the race, but a reversal of fortunes within the Ducati camp. Uh, some battling between um, some of the riders we normally see sort of out of the podium place, but this time it was for the last spot on the podium. Um, we had Alex Lowe's. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he went down uh, with four laps to go in this one out of third place. Yeah, it was, it was disappointing because it looked like he had it wrapped up and then... Locatelli got past, I think it was Ronaldo, wasn't it? And then he started to close in. And then once that gap's closing in and you're starting to push a bit harder, you get a bit tighter. And he just made that small mistake. And like the voice said, the penalty doesn't really... Yeah. The penalty doesn't fit the crime, is it? Yeah, exactly that. And, and exactly what it was. We thought it would be a very strong track for Alex Lowe's because he had a, you know, a very uh, strong meeting here last year on the same bike. And... If he'd stayed on the bike, he would have had a brilliant weekend. Unfortunately, <laughs> not able to stay on it. Um, and that battle for the third step on the podium uh, between Andrea Locatelli, as you say, Michael River and Audi, and also Michael van der Mark on the BMW having a better weekend. Yeah, he managed to bridge that cap because he was in that group of like mid, not where he was essentially fifth to fifth and sixth back to like the 10th, 11th, 12th with Scott. But he did manage to bridge from there up towards where Rinaldi Locatelli were. Yeah, yeah. Doing uh, very, very well. Um, some battles lower down as well. Um, the battle of the satellite Ducati teams. <laughs> uh, Chaz Davis and Axel Bassani really getting into it throughout this one as well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a track that always provides great racing because... There are many overtaking opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, up at the front of this one, um, we saw that top rack, once he got past Johnny Ray, Johnny Ray just not able to to keep up with him. It was almost like a repeat of Most. Uh, Johnny really <laughs> having to push his Kawasaki to try and stay with top rack at all. Yeah, exactly. It's it, he, he seems to be on the limit so much this season. Like he said, he's not having to go back to how he was back on the Honda, having to ride all, on the limit all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting um, to, to see that when Johnny is having to break that hard, we know Top Rack's late on the brakes. We know how well he is at controlling that. And Johnny ha breaking that bit later, all the weight on the Kawasaki seems to go straight to that front wheel. Yeah, it, it seemed all right at first. But then as you're about 20 metres away from the apex, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it just doesn't want to turn. Yeah, and then on the exit as well, the Yamaha seems to just gain yards on it. Yeah, yeah, such an adaptable motorcycle. Um, and it was 
those two away at the front, as we say, the battle uh, with Andrea Locatelli and Michael Ruber and Aldi there. Um, but further back, as we said, to the back of the top 10, um, Scott's bike started to come a little bit better towards the end of the race. He tried to make a move into the hairpin uh, that he kept running wide at the whole time. He tried to make the move on Tom Sykes and Reading went down. Yeah, just just took the front and then luckily because it was such a slow crash, he was able to hold on to the clutch, keep the bike running and then not lose massive amounts of positions. No, he sort of fell back to the back of the group that he was already yeah. with um, and able, as you say, to to go into that last lap and finish the race. Um, as we did say, Top Rack was away with it at the front. Uh, a very good uh, win uh, for the Turkish rider. Uh, top right, Razgatioglu getting the win by four and a half seconds in the end over Jonathan Ray. And that and that time included a stop over the line. <laughs> it did, yeah. What a fantastic way to, to finish. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, neither have I. I remember back in Kota when Mark tried to do a stoppy into the final corner and nearly crashed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, as they always say, Top Rack's dad used to be a stunt rider, so he's obviously yeah. got it in his jeans to be on one wheel. Yeah, and he's—I think he's was it in the interview that he said he was—he'd been keeping an eye on this track, coming up to it, saying like because he's always wanted to finish with a stoppy, and it, this track lends itself quite well as the finish line's coming out of the chicane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, crazy skills by Top <laughs> Rack there. Uh, as we say, second place, Jonathan Ray. Third place uh, goes to Andrea Locatelli in the end. Uh, his third podium of the year, I believe. Maybe, but I'm still um, glad it's just the one sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd start uh, racking those ones up. Um, but Andrea Locatelli getting the better of Michael Rubin Rinaldi uh, in the end, uh, who came in fourth. A much better uh, race for, for Michael this weekend. Perhaps now he's got that contract under his belt to stay with Ducati. He feels a bit calmer. Hopefully that's the case, because... Like I said last week, it's always great seeing more and more riders up at the front battling. That's what you want. Exactly. Yes. Uh, as you say, they were tracked down a little bit, um, but uh, about two seconds back by the end of the race, Michael van der Mark having a better weekend on the BMW. Uh, the Honda of Alvaro Bautista coming in sixth. Uh, ahead of Ducati riders that were battling all the way through. We talked about Chaz Davis and Axel Bassani. Uh, rounding out the top 10, we had Tom Sykes on the BMW. Leon has them on the Honda. And I'll just drop down uh, a couple more places. The 11th and 12th were Garrett Gerloff and Scott Redding. And, you know, very d- disappointing, really, for both of them in that race. Yeah, very disappointing. Not what they uh, had set out before. At the beginning of the weekend. No, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I think Garrett Gerloff really needs to get back on form. Yeah, he's 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 struggling a lot. Just needs to find that mojo back. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we went into Sunday, um, the sprint race was perhaps one of the most exciting races I've seen this year. Uh, yeah, one of the most exciting motorbike races I've seen <laughs> all time for the actual racing on track. I would yeah, say. it was very good, very good race. A bit uh, controversial, so, you could say as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get through to the the controversy that surrounded this race. Um, 
But it was a great start to this one for the Kawasaki of Johnny Ray uh, and Lowe's uh, getting away with him as well after making quite a late move <laughs> on Andrea Locatelli on the first night. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's one of those where you need to, especially in the sprint race, because it's such a quick, fast-fired race. If you don't make that move earlier, because you, you know in your head that Ray and Toprak, they're probably going to get away from the pack. So if you're not, if you haven't given yourself the chance to go with them, then that's your chances of a win gone straight away. Yeah, yeah, and it was really good to see Alex Lowe's sort of go with them. Uh, certainly for the for the first part of the race, um, getting in there, and it seemed like he was doing Johnny Race some favors, sort of slowing down Top Rack, but Top Rack managing to to get through past Alex Lowe's and then also on lap two a brilliant overtake into the hairpin uh, it seemed to be one of his favorite overtaking moves um of the weekend into that hairpin yeah well it's just something that suits him really well though doesn't it <laughs> yeah definitely and then uh we would see the build-up we thought it was going to be well I certainly thought it was going to be top rack pulling out again but Johnny started to close him down we know it's only a you know a, a 10 lap sprint uh, the Super Bowl race um but this one so action-packed lap four Johnny Ray had caught back up to top rack after seeming to drop out and he nearly hit top rack yes uh, so close it was it was bizarre because usually like I, I think JT said on the commentary especially someone of his experience doesn't even go for the apex because they know they're running wide but he seemed just to kind of target fixate on the back of his bike. Yeah, arrived there quicker than he thought, perhaps. Or Well, it's hard to tell, isn't it? But definitely yeah. uh, almost out of character for Johnny Ray. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but that cool. sort of pushed Johnny Ray back uh, away from top rack. Um, but he worked his way back up to what may have been the most action-packed last lap of World Superbike Racing in, I don't know, 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe quite so, a lot of moves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sort of kicked off with uh, Ray repaying the favour to Top Rack with the overtake uh, into the hairpin. Um, and Top Rack straight back through after that one. Yeah, then uh, then was it Ray dove up the inside coming into the fascia cane? Yes, yeah, and then at Top Rack on the last chicane, managing to get back through and just beat Johnny Ray over the line. And uh, my last note is simply, what a race on that one. Yeah, so it was a great uh, one. It was absolutely brilliant. So, as we say, it was Top Rack uh, coming home ahead of Jonathan Ray. Alex Lowe's staying on in this one to claim his podium. (laughs) So doing some good to his uh, championship hopes there. Um, mm-hmm. With the uh, the the third place um, of Scott Redding, you know, slipping back towards the pack now. Yeah, he, uh, I think he's in a bit of a no man's land. Scott is at the moment. Yeah, he is. He's not catching the leaders as much as well. He did for a few rounds, didn't he? But now yeah. he's dropping off, and he's got to be careful not to fall back into the pack, hasn't he? I think I think he's got enough of a points gap on fourth. Well. We shall see. Still some time to go. <laughs> um, fourth place, another person who is starting to climb in the rankings, Andrea Locatelli, another good finish for him on that Yamaha. Uh, he's really starting to come up and show what he can do in the superbikes. Yeah, he was really 
clicked now with the Yamaha and he's he's doing some he's just doing a great job. I'm I'm almost almost tempted to put a sandwich on him winning a race before the end of the year. I'm gonna wait though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick myself if he wins in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he came back uh, across the line ahead of Scott Redding, a better finish in this one and improving his grid position for race two, uh, finishing in fifth place uh, ahead of Michael van der Mark. Um, another good finish on the BMW. Uh, it was very strange on the Saturday morning to hear that they there was a, a, some problem within BMW once again, which cost them an, an entire engine again. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre, isn't it? There's there's something obviously not going on right within the factory. Yes, or or the team. You know, Sean yeah. Muir said that you know Michael's had got every right to be annoyed about what's going on, but uh, very strange for it to happen twice in one year. Yeah, and especially with it being the same thing twice as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he came home ahead of Alvaro Bautista on the Honda. Somebody else who perhaps uh, not getting the best out of their bike or the bike not getting the best out of the uh, the rider, but Alvo moving on to Ducati next year. So not too much longer to worry about that one. <laughs> yeah, I think his head's already on next year, Spike. Because he yeah. seems a lot happier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, coming in ahead of his former Ducati teammate in Chaz Davis and uh, ninth place and rounding out the top nine position for race two was Leon Haslam on the other Honda, uh, managing to beat out both the Ducatis of Michael Rubinardi and Axel Bassani. So quite a good finish for both the Hondas in that one. Yeah, definitely. I they're, think they're starting to find something. Yeah, and the Super Pole race does tend to lend itself to those results with not having to worry about so much. Yeah, because you haven't really got the tyre degradation or drop-off as much, have you? Because it's just 10 laps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the controversy for this one actually came after race two, four hours after the original uh, Super Pole race result was declared. Um, I, I don't quite know how to start with this one. <laughs> track limits once again yeah uh, when they got into part Fermi uh, after all the congratulations and everything else Johnny Ray went straight to Ferrariba and basically said get them to look at, at track limits on the last lap and when you watch it have you actually seen the video of the him going over the track limits um, I have yes I, I and, didn't see it on Twitter slightly onto the white line for about a thousandth of a second is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion i think it's really starting to ruining races now we said it was one of the best races um in in world superbikes for for so long and it's overshadowed by this controversy that didn't need to be there no because he just clipped the green going down the like the little kink in the straight and it isn't that this is this is down the main straight where Ray overtook him at the end of the straight, wasn't it? Yeah. So Johnny, so he, how, he, how definitely... how, he, did, he hasn't gained an advantage because he lost a position. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, he, Johnny Ray got, as you say, got past him. So it wasn't going to win in the race, and he had to really fight at the end to get back through. So it was absolutely ridiculous. It is starting to ruin race results, and I I cannot agree with James Whitton more than. At the side of a straight, 
why is there green there? If you put grass there, if they touch it, they're going to lose drive, and that's a penalty in itself. Yeah, but at the end, of the, I think it's more safety, isn't it? Well, on a straight, I, I mean, know, but there, there is this, there's the small kink in the straight. But if you, I don't know if you watched any of the British superbikes from Thruxton. But um, there was that were... when um, oh, uh, Mackenzie did a bit of a high side, or was that Cad? That was Cadwell, wasn't it? Yeah, but at Thruxton, there were times where guys coming off the the end of uh, you know the rumple strips down the side of the track would drop yeah. off the end, just keep it a bit. But there, there's grass there, and it kicks up dust, and all it was is that they lose drive. Mm, now that happened to Rory Skinner had a bit of a moment there, didn't he? Yeah, and I I get these. Well, Rory Skinner had more than a bit of a moment. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it. You should look at that one on social media. Yeah. That one uh, was. Um, spectacular save on that one uh, but I, I just think that I get you know they have these big uh, tarmac runoff for car racing don't they on these circuits where you really could gain an advantage without the penalty of you know going into the gravel quite soon and yeah. there I agree that perhaps there should be something there to to monitor that however on the corners where, like, for years we had grass there. It's self-penalising. Like, if you're a rider and there's grass there and you know it's going to cause that problem with traction and, you know, it, it, it's going to unsettle your bike to that extent, you'll avoid it more. If, yeah. you give them, if you give them that space, they're going to take it. And in yeah. this case, he probably didn't even know he had it. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I... I agree with the green, but I don't agree with the decision. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes. If he, if, if he would have got to the end of that straight and Ray wouldn't have been able to get past him, then I can kind of see. But the fact that he, we'll say, cut the corner. <laughs> just for, Yeah. It, but, it's... And then still lost the position. It's like, well, clearly he didn't gain an advantage. No, no. And I, I don't like to feel this way. However, when you watch the, fo- the the post-race interview and Johnny Ray is talking about how he really enjoyed it and how it was a great battle and well done to Top Rack, well, he's already gone and, you know, said, oh, make sure you look at this. It's a bit disingenuous, isn't it, from Johnny Ray? Not really, because I think he did enjoy the battle and it was a good race. But at the end of the day, you got a title to fight for. Mm, well, is he that scared of Top Rack now? Oh. I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't agree with that. I think racing should be racing, but that's perhaps just my point of view. Mm. Yeah. But we'll move on to race two. <laughs> <laughs> um, another very, very good start to this one. Action packed. Uh, top rack taking the whole shot, but. Actually, Alex Lowe's managing to push his way into the lead on this one. And it was a Kawasaki uh, 1-2 for a little while with Lowe's in the lead. It looked like the Kawasaki's had made a change and things were looking a bit stronger in this one. Yeah, it's it's a track that has, like you said, historically suited them. But they've been to tracks in the past, like this season, where the Kawasaki's worked really well and hasn't quite fared as good as you would expect. But Lowe's has certainly this weekend, lived up to where we'd expect to see him. Yes, for a certain amount of time, as yeah. <laughs> again, Lowe's crashing out on lap two, uh, this time from second position. Uh, it's just, if these Lowe's brothers, these Lowe's twins, <laughs> could stay on their bikes more, 
they'd, they'd be champions more often, surely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that it's both of them as well. Yeah, this year for them seems to, you know, maybe maybe they are taking turns to ride each other's bikes. <laughs> maybe it's just the one, and they're not really twins. Well, have you ever seen them in the same place? We have seen them together, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, then it was sort of status quo uh, for a little while. It was Top Rack uh, who managed to get in front of Johnny Ray. Uh, it was a closer this one. Um, but Scott Redding, now that he had started further up the grid, uh, getting that fifth position from the Super Bowl race, able to sort of stick with them for, for at least the first part of the race. Much better to see Scott up there in these positions. Yeah, that that result in the sprint was massive for this race because being eighth again would have been hugely detrimental to his chances to get into the front, but starting in fifth gives him that much better chance. Yeah, and he just managed to get that jump and, and then he, he wasn't being tripped over by, you know, the sort of slower riders all the time and he was able to, to get up there and break clear. He wasn't able to battle with them sort of all the way through. However, he, he was able to secure the third place and, it, you know, it was um, a good good from Scott to be able to hold that. Yeah, it's certainly something that's helped his free fall in the championship from the start of the week. Yeah, exactly. Um, Andrea Locatelli getting into uh, a scrap, as we said, for just off the podium this time, as um, you know, as we said, status quo a little bit resumed with Scott Redding uh, <laughs> slotting into that third place with the top three being as usual. Uh, Andrea Locatelli battling with Michael van der Mark and coming out the last chicane, um, managed to clip Michael van der Mark's front brake lever and it pitched him right out towards the pit wall. And I, it was, you know, hands over eyes moment. I, I don't know how he managed to save it and not hit the pit wall. I, I'm, I'm just confused. Why the, did the brake lever get knocked off? Did we see before? Cause I mean, like the, the guard, cause they usually have it the just guards, got pushed up. I think the way that it, they came out the corner, it yeah. sort of knocked it up and then hit the brake lever. Could have been horrendous. It could have, yeah. Very, very scary moment. I mean, it, you know, he probably needed a new set of underwear after that one. <laughs> and not to mention the guys on the pit wall hanging over with the boards. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying uh, moment for all. Yeah, and that pitched uh, Michael Ruben Renault, uh, sorry, Michael van der Mark back down the order from battling to fourth place, back down to the lower half of the top 10. Um, things started to uh, sort of come together with between Ray and Top Rack again, sort of to the middle of the race. We said Ray looked stronger um, and almost touching Top Rack at the hairpin again. It was almost like, you know, the gloves are off now. Ray is really <laughs> trying to fight for this one. Yeah, well, especially with how good Top Rack is on the brakes, it's you have to be way past your limit just to try and get past him into those traditional overtaking manoeuvres. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't quite come off. Uh, Top Rack did manage to pull away in the end, getting the win by just shy of three seconds over Johnny Ray. Scott Redding, as we said, securing that third place, much better for him, although five seconds back um, Scott Re- of Johnny Ray, Scott Redding getting that third place. But a good points haul, 16 points. Uh, sort of, we've said this a few times, damage limitation for Scott. 
Yeah, definitely. It's. I don't think it's going to be easier when it comes to the title, but I think he's got that top three in the back. Yeah, yeah. Fourth place, uh, kind of Mr. Fourth place this year, Andrea yeah. Locatelli. Um, yeah, so many I've fourths. Been... <laughs> yeah, but I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he can do, you know, not only towards the, this, the end of this season, but next season, he really could be up there battling for, for a title. Definitely. He 100% could be. Uh, he came home ahead of uh, Chaz Davis, having a pretty good weekend, Chaz, all top 10 uh, results and finishing all races this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to see. But who knows where he'll be next season? Oh, yes, the, the revolving roundabout of rumours for Honda uh, that seems to be has everybody's name on it at the minute but certainly mm. um, a good weekend to put his name out there for Chaz Definitely. Uh, another good finish for Alvaro Bautista in the Honda securely in their top six um, he was ahead of the uh, Factory Ducati and Michael River and Aldi not following that Saturday form through to either of the Sunday races um, was it a fluke maybe <laughs> Well, it, it may have been capitalising on other people's um, misfortune. Yeah, uh, maybe, yeah. He finished ahead of Michael van der Mark, as we say, recovering after that uh, very scary moment, uh, nearly hitting the pit wall. Uh, Garrett Gerloff, ninth, cracking the top ten finally uh, this weekend. Um, I don't think we can say much more about Garrett, can we? That's about it, really, yep. <laughs> Uh, Tom Sykes rounding out the top 10 on the BMW for another good weekend. So uh, a weekend of very close racing uh, and uh, action-packed and controversy. Yeah, it's just a great weekend. Yes, yeah, so we'll have a look at the championship standings. Uh, topping the table with a fantastic... Really was a treble, we'll, we'll call it a treble although yeah. not officially. Top rack leading the way, uh, getting that lead ahead of Jonathan Ray, who's, you know, still, you know, not much between them here, really. No, only the, what is it, seven points? It's nothing, really, is it? Especially, no. especially with still all the races that are remaining. Yeah, exactly. And Scott Redding, as we said, uh, sort of in no man's land in that third place. Andrea Locatelli, they in fourth. And uh, Alex Lowe's in fifth. So those two uh, sort of, we said, uh, and sixth, I'll say, just before we move on from that, is Michael River and Aldi. So the three teammates um, having a little battle of their own for fourth. Yep, and I do like the way it goes, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Ducati. Yamaha, Kawasaki, Ducati. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've got the two BMWs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we move on to uh, how our predictions got on championship-wise, I'd uh, just like to say that um, we would want to send our best wishes uh, to George Cluzel. Uh, and I think it was Bernardi uh, in that crash in the second race uh, of the World Supersport. And uh, Bernardi uh, actually fracturing a vertebrae and Cluzel having some head trauma after that one. Um, but both on the road to recovery, luckily. Yeah, glad to see the both on the road. Like you said, road to recovery. It's, again, another incident. It's 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 been a bad year for incidents. It has. It has. I I feel like there's been more, um, more high profile ones uh, this year than than for for many years. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough rough year, hasn't it? Really. Hopefully, we can make it through the remainder all all free, injury free. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so best wishes to them in their recovery. I mean, Jules Cluzel just seems to have no luck, does he? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, and at his home Grand Prix. Uh, but were either one of us uh, particularly lucky with our predictions this week, James? Um, one of us was very lucky, actually. Um, we'll start off with race one. So, well, actually, to start off before that, we so going into the weekend, it was an eleven-six lead to myself. Yeah, I've drawn it back a little bit. You have. It's it's uh, it was it's been yo-yoing a bit. You you win one, I win one, that sort of thing. But so eleven-six coming into the weekend. So race one, you had top rack winning, so you got two points for that. You had Johnny Ray in second, so that's another two points. But then you had Scott Redding in third. So you had four points after the first race. I had the same three, but I had my Ray and Top Rack in the wrong way around. So I got one point for each. So that's 4-2 after race one. Then the Super Pole race. This is where things start to get a bit lucky for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to a bit of um, track limit steward helping you have achieved the first ever perfect podium. Yes. And in the superbikes where we said, perhaps it's easier, perhaps it's yeah. harder. <laughs> uh, but I'll take that. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit of glory for there for me. Yep, the first ever one. And it's actually, and we say it's the easiest one, but you actually got it with the non-traditional three of Ray, Top Rack, Lowe's. So that's two, two, two. And yeah, traditional... and, it, and it had to uh, come with controversy and not the actual <laughs> yeah. on-track result as well. Exactly. So you got six points for that. So that then takes you to a total of ten. I also had Ray and Top Rack, but I had Sykes in third, so I got four added on. So I ended up, so it's 10-6 after the sprint race. Then, so final race, race two, you had Top Rack, Red and Grey. You got top rack in the right position, Reading and Ray the wrong way around. So that's four, takes up to 14. And I had Reading, Ray, top rack. So again, I got one in the correct position being Johnny Ray and then Reading and top rack the wrong way around. So I also got four points. So that takes me to 10. So overall, you win 14-10. Yes. High scoring week. Yeah, very, very high scoring week. It's uh, like we've really been now. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> So that's eleven seven in total. Yeah, starting to starting to pull it back a bit now. Yeah, and before we go into our predictions, we're just going to have a little news break. <laughs> yes, yeah, so some news uh, from both the World Superbike uh, and the Moto GP riders. Uh, we'll we'll start for the World Superbike. Uh, the news breaking yesterday that Tito Rabat effective immediately has split from the Barney Racing Ducati team. Uh, no word on if he'll be joining uh, any teams in any paddocks anytime soon, but um, a sad end to a sad first attempt at the World Superbike Championship for Tito. Yeah, very. I, I expected him to see out the season and then perhaps go somewhere else. I didn't expect a termination mid-season. Yeah, I thought he'd probably stick it out. Although we've seen some very strange things from the team and also, you know, with what's been going on um, with his results and, you know, that homemade swing arm and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bizarre, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they get somebody else 
on that bike. I would assume Barney Racing will, will get somebody on there. Um, and if Tito pops up anywhere else before the end of the year. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to keep an eye out for. The... Maybe maybe he's lining himself up for the Patronus seat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, adding to another team with a revolving roundabout <laughs> riders. Um the other news coming from the MotoGP uh, paddock uh, this week uh, for the 2022 season, Akiayo Racing, the Moto2, uh, have signed two new riders. Obviously, Ralph Fernandez and Remy Gardner both moving up to MotoGP with the Tectoir squad. And they will be replaced by perhaps expected uh, yep. the kid prodigy, uh, Pedro Acosta. Yep, rightfully so. Deserves it. Yes, yeah. Uh, the As we said, the Moto3 Championship is to lose uh, at the moment. And he'll be joined by someone who's hit some form, uh, who we, uh, you know, we have a, a bit of a fan club for. Um, yep. Augusto Fernandez joining that team. For me, that is a really, really strong team for next year. I agree. It's a, I think that's a great lineup. I think that team's going to suit Fernandez down to the ground and it's... It's nice to see him keeping a Fernandez on board. They don't have to change all the stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Saving money. Smart. Yes, yeah. <laughs> bit, of, bit of penny pinching there by the <laughs> team. Uh, absolutely uh, brilliant. So we'll, we'll move on to our predictions and see whether any of us have got uh, those riders on. Obviously not Tito Rabat, but <laughs> some other riders. And obviously, uh, big nose in the MotoGP with... Um, uh, Maverick Vinales making his debut for Aprilia this weekend as well. Oh, so uh, excited to see that. Yes, me too. Very interested to uh, to see the times. Um, but we'll start with the Moto3 for our predictions for Aragon this weekend. Uh, who are you picking for the Moto3, James? So, uh, obviously they went there twice last year. Yes, it was... Was it a month later? So the temperatures were a bit colder. Jaume Messier won both the races. He did. And on that basis, I've gone for winning the race, Dennis Fagier. <laughs> right. Who finished 10th? Uh, I've gone for the speed of the Leopard. Okay. Right. Uh, yes, always, you know, there's some long straights, aren't there, um, yeah. at this racetrack. And Jaume Messier, of course, on the Honda uh, last year as well. Yep, and if I'm... Uh, I'm, am I right in saying that Silverstone Fagier wasn't on the podium? Or did he sneak a third? He did get third. He was third, it? yes. It was He's an all-Italian to... podium. It is. So, f- feeling like Fagier for the win. Second, it will be Messier. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, on the KTM. On the KTM, it's great around the track, but I don't think he's quite got the the Leopard advantage, shall we say. And then third place, someone who did well both races, and I feel like he needs to find something, Darren Binder. Yeah, certainly. And he had a good round there uh, for the for the Aragon Grand Prix um, last year as well, finishing second uh, yeah. to Jamba Messier. Yep, so I've, I've actually gone back-to-back weeks without picking Pedro Acosta. In the GP. Yeah, yeah. Who, First uh, time I've ever done that. <laughs> who really did struggle at Silverstone as well. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see if he, he does get back on form. Mm. He's had a lot of history at Aragon as well. So it's a track he, he has. It's uh, been mixed history though. 
It has, yeah, yeah. It has been mixed history at Aragon. Um, so what about yourself? Him. Have you have you gone for him at all? Yes, I have. Yes, Ooh. I've gone Pedro Acosta to win. Oh, interesting. Lots of changes. Yeah, so I've gone Pedro Acosta to win from his teammate Jaume Messier. Yeah, uh, as we said, who won both races there last year, but on a Honda. And I've gone a bit out on a uh, limb here with my third place, an all KTM podium, a Yuma Sasaki. Oh, I like it. Because I had Sasaki last week and he, he, he performed well, just didn't quite get there. He's done well at Aragon last year. Wasn't he it? did. Second in the Terrell uh, round, yeah. the second round they were there. Um, but uh, not a good first race. He finished 13th in the first one, so. Uh, hoping for the uh, the second race that you to come through. That's the thing, though, with Moto three. Sometimes it's a bit of a potluck. <laughs> yes, yeah. Anything can happen in this first few few laps. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll see see what happens there. Uh, what about the intermediate class for Moto two? Uh, are you picking the uh, newly signed Augusto Fernandez to be on the podium? I'm not actually. I'm not picking him on the podium. I've gone for a Remy Gardner win. Oh, very interesting. And then he's going to be followed up by the double winner last year. So that's back-to-back times. I've gone double winners from first now to second <laughs> with Sam Lowe's. Yeah, yeah. So I've done the same as I did to Messiah. I think I think he was at a bit of an advantage last year with those track temperatures being more UK-like, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Remy did well here last year and he was on a less competitive bike so I feel he's got a lot of momentum he's a, obviously he's a great rider as we've seen but I feel like he will pip lows and then in third place um, I've gone again looking back at last year speed up's done very well so on that basis I've gone Aaron Canick coming in on third he's had a he's had a good season so far he missed obviously both races last year after nearly losing his little finger back in France so he hasn't got the Moto2 track knowledge from here but I do feel like the track the bike will suit the track and he showed pace very good in like his rookie season so I feel like I feel like he'll do a good job yeah I think that's a good call and if any of the Boscos Goros go well consistently it is Aaron Canet of course um, yeah. as uh, seeing a different Boscos Goro off on the podium at Silverstone um, yeah. But yeah, a, a good call, I think, those those three on the podium. What, what about your podium? Is it, what's it similar by the sound? No, uh, for it's once not. it's Ooh. like entirely different. Oh, so I've gone winning the race uh, because he had real pace here on the Moto3 bike last year. Ralph Fernandez winning the race. Oh, that's a interesting pick. Oh, you might be changing that one once we have a chat. Okay. <laughs> Has he got injured? Was he um, injured at Silverstone? No, he was cycling in the week and he fell off and broke his hand. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he broke, he broke his hand. He, he said he's it's a damage limitation weekend. Balls. I should have waited till after we finished recording, but I'm too kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always say we're not changing them. I've I've missed that. So yeah, you, you can. I ch- remember I changed it when I picked. Um, was it Sasaki back at yeah, a couple rounds ago? Yeah, he wasn't even there. Position? It's not that he wasn't... <laughs> okay, fair enough. He just wasn't there. You can, uh, you, can, you, can, you can feel free to change if you want. Okay. In that case, I'll bump everyone, my other two, up a place. Okay. Um, I will, okay. 
So I'll go Remy Gardner winning the race. <laughs> okay. On the on the Ake KTM, uh, followed by a man on form, uh, a Spanish man, Augusto Fernandez, second. Ooh. And then and now our podiums are really similar because now I'm going to yeah. pick Sam Lowe's to be third. <laughs> it's still fair enough. It's it's, it's not too similar. It's only the one difference, but yeah. The, oh, the first first it. are the same, and then the two are the difference. Yeah. Well, that's a blow. <laughs> I, okay, if he does win now, I do deeply apologise. If he does win, do I still get the point? Um, yeah, I will give you two points if he wins. Okay. All right, I'll take that. But if he comes <laughs> second or third, I won't give you a point. He needs to win. We- we uh, we can't help but the uh, have controversy in all exactly. of, all of racing this week. We thought, um, you know, World Superbikes sprint race. It's the middle race controversy. Moto two middle race. Let's throw a bit of spice in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about the Premier Class? Are we going controversial there? Uh, maybe depends how you read in the race. I, I've okay. gone for an inch. I don't know if it's interesting. It could be really boring. So winning the race, someone who's showed a bit of form in the last race. Um, I've gone Alex Rins to win. Oh, he uh, had a great weekend uh, there last time, both the races, uh, winning one and coming second in the other. He did. So I've gone Alex Rins to win the race, followed in second place by his teammate, Johan Mir. Right. Yeah. So I've gone a Suzuki 1-2. And then third place, Mark Marquez. Oh, very interesting. So uh, no Fabio Quartararo or no Ducati. No, no. Ducati's not traditionally going well at this one, though. No, but it, they've got the long straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about yourself? What's your MotoGP podium? Uh, similar but dissimilar, once again. Almost like our Moto2 uh, predictions. Uh, starting with someone that you just said you haven't got at all, winning Fabio Cotteraro. Oh, I was tempted to have Fabio. I, I moved him around and then took him out. <laughs> well, I mean, he set the pole position for the Aragon round uh, last year. And then yeah. he, he had a really, really appalling uh, weekend, finishing 18th in the end. Um, but I, he's on form. Uh, he's got the pace. Uh, the bike is brilliant. He's going to win again. Yeah, I can see it. I, I think I can see that happening. I just felt I'd go out there. <laughs> I think it's going to be very, very close. Uh, he is going to be pushed all the way by my second and third picks that are exactly the same as yours. Johan Mir and Maverick Vinales. <laughs> uh, Maverick Vinales. Oh, uh, I'm taking your first one. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Marcus. It's because I was looking at Maverick Vinales' name when I said that. Obviously, he finished fourth. <laughs> Uh, here last year in the first race, uh, but seventh in the second race. And it was on my mind, because I'm going to ask you this question, where does Maverick finish on the Aprilia? I like these questions, as you know. Um, give, I will tell you in approximately 10 seconds, once I've just had a quick look at last year. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> but not for him. I just want to see how the Aprilia goes. It's I know a different, it's a different bike. bike. I know it's a different bike. But... It even has an engine upgrade. It has. Hmm. I'm going. Eighth. Eighth. Is that 
In front or behind a leash? A leash will be seventh. Okay. So just one place behind his new teammate. Yeah, it's gonna be a pretty seventh and eighth. Probably I'm okay. guessing their first would it be that maybe be their first double top ten? Mm. Yeah, so probably. I would think so. But certainly this season, I can't remember last time both of them got. Anyway, no, you'd have to look back to maybe the Bautista Bradle teammate days. Potentially. But, Long time, but anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. What about yourself? Where, where's he finishing? Now, this is, this is, I'm really throwing this out there. He's not going to finish the race, he's going to crash. He's not really a crasher. I think he's going to push too hard and he's going to find the limit of the bike and he's going to crash in the race. Oh, okay. Is Elise finishing the race? <laughs> yeah, Elise is finishing sixth. I, I thought he was going for a lot of juiciness then and he was going to crash trying to pass Elise. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not uh, bringing the uh, complete fire starter. Harmony of doom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to finish. I just... I just don't think he is. I like it. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm going ninth. (laughs) (laughs) But we shall see how that all pans out. Uh, Another exciting weekend of racing ahead with the MotoGP and Arrow. Also, uh, the British Superbike is going to Silverstone this weekend. So um, even more bike action to whet your appetite. Uh, Before we come back and see how we got on... um, when we go over all the action from Aragon and our predictions uh, next week. Uh, We've been very lucky uh, this episode, uh, supported by Beyond Motorsport, the only organisation offering career transition support for the motorsport community. Yes, and we'll be back next week with our review of the Aragon GP and our predictions for, is it Catalonia? Uh, Yes, Barcelona, yeah, Catalonia. And in the meantime, we'll keep up to keep you all up to date on our social medias, which is at FTGT Podcast for the Twitter, and for Facebook is from the Gravel Trap Podcast. Thank you. We'll very see much for if Andrea Locatelli wins in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hope he does now. Hope he does. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>